0: April here. Do you want to grow your beauty business to be booked out with a waitlist? Well, if so, then you'll want to mark your calendar for an upcoming free workshop called Beauty Business Waitlist. It's a three-day online virtual workshop at no cost to you where I will walk you through the trust transfer method and give you a roadmap for creating more brand desire and sales so that you'll have an appointment schedule full of premium clients. Check out the podcast show notes for details on how you can get registered at www.aprimease.com forward slash client waitlist. Make sure to mark your calendar immediately and I will see you there so that we can finish 2023 strong. Well, hello, my beautiful friend. So today we have another exciting interview with a beauty boss, Lian Losh. So Lian Losh, passion for helping others has
1: resulted in over 15,000 permanent makeup procedures on clients all over the world. Since then, she began sharing her technique with other passionate artists, training and coaching over 8,000 permanent makeup artists worldwide, probably even more than that her obsession. For creating the most natural-looking healed results led to developing her own pigment line and trademarked pigment layering technique, her mission to make a difference by reinstalling the confidence in her clients while helping others' passionate artists build their business and the life they love. I love that. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me, April. Gosh, if we've known each other for a really long time. I know. And how funny is it that we were before pandemic, was that 2019? I wouldn't say it was 2019. We bumped into each other in Toronto. We were at a business conference and bumped into each other in Toronto, Canada. I mean, on the other side. (laughs) So crazy. So crazy. So much fun. Okay. So I'm gonna dive right into well, I think everybody always wants to know like how you started, right? Like what was the like short story on how you Got started with permanent makeup or the beauty business. We're like, what made you want to go into
2: it? Gosh, it's been a while. My gosh. So, about 14 years ago, I mean, most of my life, I started working at 15 and a half. So, I've always worked in the corporate industry. And one day, I just had one of those moments, like just sitting behind my cubicle. I usually work like 10, 12 hours a day. And I was just like tired of working so hard, building someone. Mm-hmm dream and i always felt like i want to do something that i love like something where i can wake up and feel like oh my gosh i want to go to work today and i found myself like hitting that snooze button a lot while i was in corporate and that's when i knew like i needed to make a change i want to do something that i can be passionate about where i can get up and just be excited about just join forces with my sisters and just started a beauty business with them. And that's what I did. You know, I started with skincare and makeup. And then a couple of years later took my first permanent makeup class. I didn't do anything after my first class. I know sometimes there there might be somebody watching out there who maybe kind of dove into permanent makeup. And after taking the first class, they're kind of like, I mean, I don't know if it's for me, I, I like it, but I it was really hard. You know, for me, that's the feeling I got after my first class, but I really still had like this passion for permanent makeup because a lot of my clients had brow issues and they always came to me with like, yeah, can I do with my brows? You know, it's so sparse and just so many different things. And so for me, it was always about finding a solution for what my clients were looking for. And that really just drove my passion to continue moving forward into the permanent makeup industry. And boy, it has it completely changed my life. So I'm just always so grateful for this industry, grateful for the people I meet throughout my journey in this industry. Like you, April, I've always had such admiration for you. You know, I feel like I've always been that person who, like, is always growing is always learning and you show up and and that's what I love and I'm just excited to be here to just have these open conversations with you oh thank you for that yeah so
1: what I want to dive into there is what I love that you said that doesn't really get said too often is that you might not like jack for joy after you take a training like it it's going to challenge you right like that's so good and I don't think enough people are talking about this like you it is natural to have doubts like this is harder than I thought and just a whole like self talk of I don't know if I can do this so if anybody is like you said if they're in that boat of like hmm, I don't know this is proof to keep going because you know you could be the next loyenne Like I, I mean it's big shoes to fill but you know it like it literally just keep going because you don't know how your life can change So
2: so good and anything great you have to remember Anything great is going to take time. I know sometimes we see things on social media and it's like, it looks like everyone did it overnight, right? It's like one day I just became this amazing six, seven figure permanent makeup artist. But it doesn't happen that fast. You, you really have to be patient. And as long as you're passionate about what you do. And for me, it was about helping other people feel confident. I think that's so important. You know, you, you see your client walk out the door and they're just glowing and they're happy. And that's what drives me. And what drives me is like my students completely life changing after learning the art and really being able to start their own businesses and taking care of their family. And those are the things that I feel drove me to continue going and to continue learning and being better at what I do. If you're in it just for the money, I feel like, Sometimes that won't be enough to carry you through. I know we all have to make a living, right? We all have to make money and that's always important. But if that's the number one thing driving you, it's gonna be much harder to get through those tough days. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Cause it really a lot of people management and managing expectations of those people managing your expectations of yourself and how you want your artistry to be. There's a lot of internal struggles that you kind of go through that people don't realize. So, so good. Okay. So let's start at that beginning part. You're doing the planet makeup. Decide to go with your sisters. I love that. I want to dive in. Don't let me forget. I want to get into that whole working with family aspect because that's juicy. But we'll come back to that. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pace myself. So how far into that did you decide to start doing Students, where, at what point did you say, okay, I'm ready to take on this new challenge, right? Because that's a
2: whole new challenge.
1: Absolutely.
2: You know what? I never even thought I would be teaching. When I started doing permanent makeup, my goal was just, I want to do the best eyebrows I could do. And I want to be known as the brow artist. And that was really my only focus at the time was to do good work. I never thought that I would be teaching at first. Mm -hmm. And what happened was people just started slowly reaching out to me. Leanne, are you teaching? You know, I wanna learn what you do. And I thought when I first started in the industry, it was really hard. There were people I reached out to who were so happy to help and were so ready to train. And then there were a few who refused to train me because back 14 15 years ago it wasn't like it is now like people held on to their artistry and their secrets and they didn't want anybody else knowing that's what i learned about how it is now because people are so much more open to teaching other people but back when i started honestly it was really hard for me to find a mentor a trainer who was willing to give it their all And so I had to go through a lot of ups and downs and even searching for a trainer. But I was so grateful for the ones who were ready to give it their all and were able to take the time out to give me amazing training, amazing support. And when I thought about the journey of what I was doing, I felt like, you know what, I don't want to be the person who turns those people away. If they're seeing what I do is gonna help them and give them a future, I would love to be able to do that. And that's when I actually started slowly doing one-on-one training. And that probably took about maybe two years before I started training my first one-on-one artist. And then from one-on-one, it just started slowly growing over the years. And then I started taking multiple students for training. Yes. Oh,
1: so that. Okay. Yeah. These kids don't know how good they have it. It was, it was different back in the day.
2: <laughs> Very
1: different. You guys, you guys coming onto the scene now. You don't even know. It was like uh secret service. People were like, so CIA about their information. It was crazy. But now there's conferences, there's people sharing. It's everything. So, so good. So what I love that you said is that what I'm hearing you say is that you, first of all, I heard you say you focused on your artistry right? Like so, so good. You got really good at that, right? You focused on that. Then you took on one-to-one, which I love about that is as you're taking on one student, you're going to learn how they learn. You're going to learn how you teach. You're going to learn just what needs to improve. Like you're going to get it down before you decide to open up a big classroom. Like so many times people want to, you know, make that leap. And into just kind of going like step by step, you know, they want to like climb the whole staircase in one big jump, which, you know, I love the ambition, but just like, really, if you're, if you're doing it on a smaller scale, you're getting that one-to-one, you're teaching them, and then it grew, and it grew, and it grew, and so, so good. What were the lessons that you learned along the way? I mean, sure. Like a thousand. I mean, you could probably write a book on them. But what what, what were the ones that stood out with either your own business or teaching?
2: Oh my gosh. Like you said, so many lessons along the way. As entrepreneurs, I feel like it's a roller coaster, right? There's always like ups and downs constantly. No matter how long you've been in the business, you're going to experience so many ups and downs. I've learned so many different things. As far as teaching, I've learned that as a trainer, I need to always also be a student. Like there's no stopping for me when it comes to education and training. I feel like sometimes people get into the industry and they think like, I'm gonna take my first training and that's all I need. But it really isn't that way. I feel like to be really To be the top in this industry, I find that a lot of the the top leaders in the industry are also the ones who are constantly taking classes, constantly educating themselves, constantly getting mentorship. And I think that's so important. It's kind of like what you do, April. You're, You're a mentor to so many other permanent makeup artists out there. And what you do is so important because sometimes we learn to be artists and we have no clue how to run a business right we have no clue how to market our business we have no clue how to even make sure we're doing things legally it's so important and over the years I've learned like you've got to dive into those areas in your business and learn them first and then get somebody to put in that place for you I feel like sometimes we try to just hire all these people to do things for us but we have no clue what to expect from them so I, as an entrepreneur for me, I always wanna at least know a little bit about marketing, know a little bit about you know the different operations and business side of things. Because when I hire somebody to put them in that position, I wanna make sure that it's the right person and that they're doing their job and I can kind of double check what they're doing and not really get taken advantage. Because sometimes you just never know. If, if you don't know at least the basics of things, you may have no clue if what they're doing is helping your business.
1: Yes, that's such a good point. Like you have to know enough to know, evaluate, is it even working? Is it the right direction to give them direction, right? Like you can't expect them to know everything about your brand that you built over the years and, you know, your tone of voice or your, you know, vision or all of the things that go into it. That's such a great point. So you have that studio, you had your training now at this point, right? And at what point are you feeling like, is there, is there a little point at, with just those two things before you take on the product line that you're feeling like, how am I going to balance this? Or, you know, where, wh- where was there a point where you were kind of like thinking, you know, cause anytime you're scaling to that next level, there's going to be a challenge where it is taking more from you. And you know, like what struggles did you have with that? And what lessons
2: did you learn from that, that growing and scaling? Yeah. During that stage in my life, I remember just working my booty off. (laughs) I was working so much. I was pulling seven days a week. I had no lives. I didn't hang out with my friends very much. My family's always priority. So, you know, I would t- I would make sure I did the dinners and stuff with my family. But honestly, I didn't have a life. There was a lot of imbalance during that time. And I do understand sometimes in business, we have those times where we have to put in the, the work, right? And then we can kind of scale back from there. And so I found that during that time of growth, I was psychotic. <laughs> I was like just... The entrepreneur who didn't sleep. I was working so much, and I feel like once you learn to really get some of that help from, you know, whether it be hiring somebody or nowadays, you know, you can get a lot of help. Just not even having to do like hire a full time person, right? You can hire assistant for like a shorter period of time, just like a virtual assistant and things like that. But I started learning how to delegate a little bit more. And I feel like that was really important because you can't go at 110% forever, right? You have to know that at some point you're going to crash if you keep doing that to yourself. So one of the things I learned was just really to delegate certain tasks and continue doing the things that I knew I was good at, like building on my strengths and making sure that I got help for the things that I wasn't as good with. That's so good.
1: Yeah. I'm all, I'm a big fan of our virtual assistants. Like I'm always like, that is like the easiest way to start to scale. And did you hire team before you
2: did the teaching or did you go teach and teaching and then team? Teaching and then team. Mm-hmm. I did the one-on-one mm-hmm. thing, and then as I scaled to, you know, even slightly bigger classes, that's when I started building my team. So I started putting people in place to help me build out my training program. And that took a long time. It wasn't like, you know, I took all my one-on-ones and what I did was really sat down after every training and kind of like critique the things that didn't go well and the things that went well. And then I would, of course, you know, ask my students, like, what are some feedback? Like, I want all the bad stuff. I know sometimes we like to hear all the good stuff like, yeah, oh, I'm doing great, right? But honestly, I think getting an honest feedback, whether it be from your students, or I sometimes have my employees sit in on my classes so that they can give me feedback after the class. And I think it's so important to hear that feedback, because sometimes you're teaching and you don't know what you're missing, right? And people learn differently, people learn you know, visual, hands-on, like there's so many styles of the way people learn. And I wanted to make sure that my class incorporated all those different learning styles. So just really important to possibly get that feedback so that you can improve the training. So, you know, one-on-one took that information, try to get better, did two to five people classes, and then scaled it bigger from there going into like master classes advanced training. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's so true because I think that so many times like I ask my students like, what did you expect to be different? And it's a really good indicator for me in what I was communicating ahead of time and then their expectations. And I feel like by asking it that way, they don't feel like they are. Because sometimes people don't want to hurt your feelings. And I'm like, no, no, give it to me. Listen, I was in New York City for 17 years. I can handle it. <laughs> I was like, you know, what did you expect to be different? And just kind of understanding like what they didn't get that they wanted to get or they thought was going to be different. And I think that's it's great. To always get that feedback because people, like you said, do have different learning styles or different expectations. That's so good. I want to ask, do, do you always have this drive or is it like, did it develop, or like the, amb- were you always ambitious, or did it just as you got passionate and started seeing progress and momentum started propelling you, or how did that
2: come about? I think, from what I can remember, I think I've always been pretty ambitious, and I think the reason why is it goes way back to my childhood. I was born in Vietnam, came over to the U.S. when I was four years old watched my parents go from like zero like we came from nothing came to the u.s they spoke not a word of english and watching them work like 20 hours a day to really give our family an opportunity i think it just like drove me to do things that i never thought i could do because i watched how hard they work and i'm always like This is not hard compared to what they're doing. So I think I've always kind of had that in me because of my upbringing and all the obstacles that i watch watched my parents go through. I really feel like that's what drove me to always just go for whatever it is. So I'm a little bit, I have a lot of fear, but at the same time, I'm willing to just do it anyways, even though I'm scared, just because I know like it's going to be okay as long as I'm not (laughs) injuring myself, like it's okay to take these risks. And I think in life, you really have to take risks to reap the rewards. And yeah, I've always just wanted to, what can I do better? How can I improve? How do I grow? So it's a constant transition too. I mean, in permanent makeup, just in this industry alone, I started as an artist, and then I became a trainer. And then I, you know, developed the product line. And then it just like doesn't stop. And it's still going and still changing all the time. And I'm just excited through all those changes. I feel like sometimes we think that, oh, well, you know, let's say business is slow, right? If your business is slow or COVID happened, like, what do you do? As an entrepreneur, you can't just sit there. You can't just sit there and let your business tank. Like you've got to figure out a way. And through all those challenges, I feel like I just know there's a light at the end of the tunnel and I just keep going.
1: Yeah, that's so, so good. And you know what? I think that watching your parents take risks, depending on your upbringing, right? Sometimes, your know, parents can say like, cause they need, to, obviously everyone that loves you needs to protect you. And so they need well, right. They have good intentions, right. And they know, you know, what they say about good intentions, but you know, are they're trying to help you? And so they're trying to keep you safe. And so they're trying to say like, don't, you know, are you sure about that or don't do that, but instead you are watching your family, like actively hard work take risks like do this and it's like you know subconsciously it's like maybe that even programs you to say like this is the way to make it happen right for a better life and so so good okay i'm still holding on like it's it's eating you a i hold on to the family aspect but i just want to get
2: to... <laughs> i love it
1: <laughs> and that is like the hardest thing to me like i mean yes all of these are milestones but the uh... The, the human aspect is always the most challenging, but but let's go to the pigment line, did that come, uh, that came after training and team, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And so at what point do you say, you know, I'm ready for this next challenge? Because a lot of times I think that's really cheap. You never feel ready, right? Like, so it's a decision to say like, okay, I, again, it's a decision to say, I'm going to take this risk. I'm going to go after something new. Right. So at what point do you say, you know, do you have something that pushes you over or do you have a, a way of measuring risk
2: versus reward or how do you go for it? I think for me, it's always about what the need is and what the demand is. So once I started hearing just coming from my students, like Leanne, how do you use the pigments? Like, how do you, or for me, it was also like a struggle that I went through when I first started doing permanent makeup with pigments. It was kind of like overwhelming when I started teaching, it was overwhelming to also teach because there were so many different pigments. Like for me, my challenge was, it was very difficult because I would see when I first started in permanent makeup, unlike it is now, there's so many great pigment blends, right? So if I think back, there were not as many choices when it came to pigment lines back in the days. And so a lot of the companies that developed pigments were pigment companies. And I always feel like they had such a variety. And as current makeup artists, you know, it's overwhelming. There's just so many to choose from. And trainers weren't teaching color theory the same way. And there's just like so many obstacles that people were going through. So for me, when I teach, I always like to keep things as simple as possible with the best results as possible. So we're not, you know, we want to make sure the quality is there, but to make something as simple as possible so that there's less room for error for my students. So for me, it was kind of like there was a need for that, not just for my students, but also for myself. And so when I knew that, I felt like, okay, I need to figure a solution So I need to figure out a solution. And when I get that, that's when I start really diving into focusing on developing something that's going to solve that issue. So that's how I came up with my pigment line was all the obstacles that I came across, my students came across, and then just slowly taking my time for research and development and making sure I'm testing everything. You can't just come out with a product and just put it out there and not really know what's going to happen. Right. you have to take years to test it out, especially when it comes to pigments. So I was using pigments. I was making sure my clients weren't coming back with like red or blue or purple eyebrows. And once I was able to consistently see that, that's when I started making my pigments available to all artists. At first it was only available to my students for years. And now that I've developed it and come out with like a pigment chart and the proper way to use my pigments, because I don't want people using it and misusing it and not getting the same results, right? Mm -hmm. Once I was able to do that, then it's now made available to everyone. But before it was very exclusive. It was a very small line. I don't promote my products too much because I do like having people using it, go through my training and using it using the product properly oh that's such a great point that's such a great point i think back
1: i did my training in 2003, permanent Native training and there were four brow colors so they were basically that's what she gave us i think there were, there might have been more but she gave us four it was like and um, they were all cool colors so it was like an ash blonde uh, darker brown and then the darkest like black and then she gave us a uh, warmer So we could warm up any of those colors, right? So we could take it from an ash brown, And then, you know, that was really it. You know, it was, it was not what it is today where, you know, there's so many, but I think the key is like you said, of really knowing how to use the pigment line because each line, just like you have your own technique, right, each line has its own way that's meant to be used to maximize those results. And if you go in with, you know, this is, I think this is where a lot of people went wrong. We went in with these pigment lines that were originally created for microblading or hair strokes, right? And then we started saturating these brows, and they got oversaturated, right? And it's like, wait a minute, this is like too much of a pigment load. So good. Okay. So many things, so many things. Okay. And so, and are there any like, again, lessons or struggles that stand out? Because I think that that is something that my audience always values and takes away. Like, you know, what was, what was like the roadblock or where was the point where you felt like, I don't think I can keep going or, you know, on the knees moment of like, dear Lord, and Jesus take the wheel, whatever it was like, what, was there a moment like that? Or was there a big Devastation, like the batch did turn out, lesson learned from
2: that, or anything like that that happened along the way. So, with pigment lines, you mean with the pigment line or in general? In general, any of it. Yeah. In general, i am definitely had those moments where I felt like, gosh, I'm so, you know, I'm tired. It's like after years, I mean, this is, I'm going into, I think, my 15th year in this industry. Uh, oh. And <laughs> And I feel like there are always going to be those moments throughout the years that you're in business. I think one of the biggest moments I can probably remember is, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate, and that's during COVID. I have a gigantic studio. I mean, my overhead is insane. And when I was forced to shut down, it was like, what do I do? right? Months of not bringing in any income. It was like, at that moment, you feel like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Like, do I give up? Am I going to close my studio that I'd worked years and years for? And in those moments, that's when it's like, you better have saved a lot of the money you made, right? It, It was just, I never thought like something like that could happen in our lifetime even. And you sometimes you don't prepare for those moments. So looking back I feel like it's so important to really the the type of money that we can bring in in this industry. I feel like it's so important for us to learn about money and learn about finances and learn how to Invest our money, put our money away. I mean, that moment taught me so much about money because I never really thought about like all these different things that I needed to do in case there was an emergency for six months or a year, right? I mean, it worked like a three month thing or a one month thing. It was like, it, I felt like it went on for almost a year. Well, and I think that's also because you're in California because
1: California had was a state with one of the longest lockdowns. Like we really had
2: the longest. Yeah. And so we didn't get much help at all. So we were very, very blessed and fortunate to, you know, have the reserves to sustain what we had going on for that long. So I do feel very blessed that I was able to get through it because I know a lot of businesses couldn't, but it really woke me up. It, it made me feel like, gosh, if it happens again, can I sustain it? You know, so as entrepreneurs, I think it's so important for us to really start, you know, thinking about what we're doing with the profits and the the revenue that we're bringing in. It can't just be going to like fancy handbags and nice cars. And sometimes I feel like people can, you know, when they're new to making all this money, maybe they weren't used to, to making this type of money before, because for me, it, it was like I've never made as much money as I made in this industry. So I think it's important to really start learning about finances and investment and putting away money long-term for your retirement even. Sometimes we don't always think about those long-term things and those long-term goals that like it's so important to do that
1: yeah and it's such a great point because the beauty industry your exit strategy for a beauty business is very different than if you owned like a laundry mat. it very few business uh, beauty businesses get acquired right there's very few people that can step in and take a business now i've known a few people that you know business owners that have you know been acquired and their businesses were doing you know multi-millions and so, you know, and they had all their paperwork in order and, you know, they, and it was a process and it was like a good year to two, process. Like there was, there was a lot that they went through, but a lot of these smaller businesses, like they don't have an exit plan or a, uh, how are we going to reallocate the funds? Like, what are we doing to, you know, build wealth? Right. And like you said, prepare for emergencies and things like that. Right. It's rarely talked about. And I think Our industry is a little bit different because it is so service-based. It's similar to hair, but not is, I feel like it's even more personal with the face and things like that. So it it can be tricky to sell a business, sell a a beauty business. Yeah. So that, okay. Now, dig me into the family aspect
2: of working with your sisters. Oh my gosh. I feel like family businesses are always going to be hard. I mean, that's why I'm a lot of them, it's not done right. Like they don't make it right. It's, it's so hard because you see your family all the time and you're, you're constantly together, especially when you start working with them. I've been working with my sister, Kim for gosh, it's been about since we started like 13, 14 years and I mean, I have three sisters, so. if you want me to take you way back, my two older sisters were already in the beauty industry. They were both doing hair. So originally, we actually all came together and wanted to put together more like a full-service salon and spa. So that's kind of like the original plan. But, you know, for girls, I mean, there's going to be people who don't, our goals don't always align. And what I learned over the years working with, my three sisters, because that's when it started with four of us. I've learned that it's okay that your goals don't align. You know, when you're in it, you feel like, oh my gosh, you know, she doesn't think like me or we can't agree on certain things because there were a lot of those moments afterwards. You know, we all specialize in something different. So we weren't really stepping on each other's toes when it came to services, but it was more about like our goals and our future not aligning Because the older sisters, like they, their retirement came a lot quicker, right? So they're able to like step back and not work as much. And then the younger ones are more like, let's go, 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 go. <laughs> so our vision didn't all align. So when that happened, one of the things I remembered was just, we just separated ways, like fast. And I think anything that's what I'm grateful for is that we we saw that, you know what, like our vision and everything does not align. So let's figure out how to break this apart so that things can continue moving. So, you know, the two older ones are still doing hair and we're, you know, we have the best relationship now because we're not like, disagreeing and having our little arguments here and there when it came to business but the thing is with Kim and i our vision aligned and so my sister ken she's been with me for so long because we both kind of have very similar vision when it comes to the type of business we want to have so we've been working together for a really long time things have been absolutely amazing I see her almost every day of the week because when we're not working, I'm hanging out with her and her kids and we have such a great relationship. And my sisters, one of them also does permanent makeup. I train her. She's got her hair studio plus her permanent makeup business. And my other sister does hair loss. So We're all building our own businesses, all in the beauty industry. And it's been great since then. You know, it started off rough like years ago when we first started out, like the first, I would say the first maybe one or two years. But then because we realized really quick that it was better for us to follow our own visions, it worked out really well. And then the relationship I have with my business partner, Ken, has been great. One of the things I think is important is you kind of have that mutual respect with each other. You have to understand and know like self-awareness is so important. So be self-aware, like where are my strengths? Where are my weaknesses? And allowing the other partner to play on their strengths and allowing you to fund your strengths. And I feel like if you can do that, that's how it's going to work and continue long term. Because Kim is really good with like finances and she's really organized. Whereas for me, I'm more like the visionary and I'm more just, I want to work with like being artistic and coming up with new things, whereas she's like good with the books. <laughs> and I feel like you need those different strengths in order to work with, you know, whether it be a sibling or a partner in general.
1: Yeah, that's so good. It's, it almost sounds like you're the visionary and she's more of the integrator. But that's what I was going to ask. And I think I covered it. Like, how do you do a division of labor? Like, how do you decide who takes on what in terms of, you know, the behind the scenes, the actual, the running of the business? And even actually, you know, not only the back end, but even the front end. Like, are were you doing the back end and I'm doing the front end? Or, you know, how do you decide? Did you sit down and talk about those things or did it fall into place? Because I think so many times it's not clear. And you know, like you said, you had the instinct ahead of time with your other sisters to say, let's break this up before it really dissolves our own relationships. Personally, you know, our own, our family relationships and that's a, a key in those let's break this up. So that was really good to have that instinct. But then, you know, with a business partner, did you, you, you sit down and say, okay,
2: I like this part, you're better at here? Or how did that work out? I think it helped because we were sisters and we really knew each other well. So we were able to, like, for me, I'm like, I would just personally say, like, I think I'm really good at this. I think I can do this and then give me this role and, you know, she can agree with it or not. And then we'll sit down and talk about it. And she's the same way. Like, usually she'll just be like, you know what? I'll handle this. And then I'll just say, okay. It's that trust that we have with each other. And I think that's so important when you have a partner again, whether it's your sibling or not, is to have that trust. Because sometimes you have to make quick decisions, you can't just sit there and take forever and think about it and talk about over and over again. I think having that trust and being able to make quick decisions is so important. So I think just really knowing what your strengths are and trusting that the partner or the other person, trusting that when they say they can do something to allow them to have that opportunity to get it done. And then once you kind of show each other like, hey, this is what I'm good at, and then you show them by doing and taking action, I think that trust starts to build over time. Yeah, that's so good. That's so true. And I think that is the hardest thing, whether it is
1: with a uh, sister, a business partner, or, you know, even a personal partner, any relationship is, you think of the quote, but it's something like, unexpressed expectations lead to future resentment right and it's like if you're not saying okay you know this is what i plan on doing and i need you to pull your load on this like if you're not having that communication you're going to struggle in not only your relationship but then the business as well so it's really good that you are able to know your sister and have that trust you know that she is gonna pull equal load you're in it together that's a really unique
2: relationship yeah and there's gonna be moments for both of you I mean there's gonna be moments where you're gonna have to show up more than she does you know or she's gonna have to take on more than you do and you have to be okay with that it's not like oh what is she doing and what am I doing you're not keeping tabs on each other I think it's one of those things where you just do because you care about your business. So no matter what, you're gonna show up 110% every time. And when you can't and you have those life moments where you need to take a step back, that other person has to step up. So again, I think it's one of those things where you can't, like I never keep tabs on what she's doing. She's got two kids, I have none. So I'm okay with doing more. You know, oh. I, it was, I'm all with it because I'm more concerned about where the business is going and what I need to do to keep the business strong rather than what my partner is doing. And I think once you really just, um, once you have that much passion about your business and you care that much about your business, it doesn't matter what the other person is doing. You know they're gonna have those moments where they have to take a step back for whatever the reason is personal reasons family but you have to be okay with that you are preaching to the people in the back that was giving me all the field
1: i was getting the goosebumps i was getting teary-eyed i was like yes yes we are cutting that for a real that was so so good yes yes and you say yes again So so good yes because yeah, you can't worry about them. You got to You got your own thing. You can't like, I know i always say that to people too. Also, cause they're like, oh, this competitor. I'm like, ain't nobody got time for that. You got to keep your eyes, you know, ahead. You got to put those blinders on and yeah, you're, you're in it for you. You can't be, if you're too worried about, well, she's not doing that. Then your energy is all off. Right. Yes. So, so good. Like that higher purpose, that higher vision of what you want. I mean, you said it. I can't even repeat it. It's, I mean, we'll just clip it. We'll clip it. We'll just, you know, if, if anybody was multitasking, you're gonna have to hit rewind on that and listen to that again. So, so good. So, so good. Okay. Oh my gosh. So much goodness. And I want to be respectful of your time. So, what advice? This is what this is one of my favorites. What advice do you wish you would have or would you give to
2: your younger self? I'm really wanting to think about a good answer for this. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, take, take it in and take a moment because listen, after you done what you just served up, you got to come up with something juicy because you just served up, up the main course. So woo, we're, we're still digesting. I'm still digesting what you just said. I'm so I'm going to be
2: chewing on that. I'm going to be chewing on it for a while because it was so good. I'm like hey mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what advice? So here's something that I learned not that long ago. It's only been a few years. So I wish I knew and that I learned this concept way before is whatever happens in your life, in your business, just in everything, you've got to point the finger at yourself first. Because one of the things that I remember as a new entrepreneur, as my younger self is there were moments where I played the blame game, right? If something didn't work out, it was like, well, it wasn't my fault. Well, it's what did you do? Or, you know, it was always somebody else or I would always try and like, well, it wasn't me or blame somebody else. And I think the minute I learned that what happens in your life, what happens in your business is the result of your own decisions, that completely changed everything for me. I just became like, I transformed into this much more peaceful and loving and positive person because no matter what happens in my life, the question for me is what could I have done to, you know, maybe not to prevent it, but to not put myself in that situation, right? We always blame like, well, you know, this happened because of so-and-so, but Let's say you have a bad business partner. Well, you chose to have that business partner. So you can't blame anyone but yourself. So you've got to learn to meet people better or to ask the right questions or to maybe having a business partner isn't your thing. Maybe you just don't work well with other people, right? So for me, once I learned that lesson and it was, I think I heard it from Jim Rohn. I don't know if you listen to Jim, but he is like one of my most like. I listen to his audio books. I listen to all his stuff, and he has completely like transformed the way I think. And I think it was him who said that. And when I learned that lesson and that way of thinking, it really changed everything for me. And I feel like that's something that you know we do always try to blame other things versus taking on that responsibility ourselves and saying, like, what could I have done differently? And that's that's my thing nowadays. It's like, if my business is going down, well, what can I do about it? What can I change? What have I been doing? How can I do it better? It's always my responsibility and not putting it on anyone else. Oh, good.
1: So good. Yeah, so true. Yeah. And, you know, Jim Rowan was Tony Robbins' original mentor and teacher. So, you know, obviously the man knew what he was doing. He, he had some good wisdom that has turtle down. And, yeah. I, I heard, I'm not sure who said it. I think maybe James Wedmore, but I heard this quote that said, Your business is, and I say to our students as well, is uh, your business is 100% a reflection of you. But you can also say that, and sure, there are circumstances and things that come up, but you can also say that's true with life. Like if you're not happy with your weight or if you're not happy with these things, like it is 100% a reflection of you in what stories you're telling yourself and your beliefs about yourself. And truthfully, even sometimes as much as it hurts to, to hear, your love, your self-love, right? And sometimes we can... Criticize ourselves more than we can love ourselves, right? And so many things. So, yeah, it's so true. Like, take like wild ownership of your what you need to do, your decisions, and and your path. And yeah, that's so empowering. Good. It's
2: so good. It's so good. Yeah. Things I feel like over the years, it's all about just taking that time to learn from other people who've gone through some of the things like whether it's a leader or a mentor in our industry or reading books and and of people that have lived these like amazing lives right it's always about just learning different strategies because we don't always have the answers and i'm one of those people where you know i have doubts i have fears i have sometimes i'm lost and sometimes i don't know who to turn to and These resources are a great way. Like sometimes the people around you, or maybe it's your family or friends, maybe they don't have the right words to tell you like how to shift your thinking. So I've always turned to whether it's books or different conferences or seminars, I think it's so important to constantly feed your mind because you want to have those tools in your mind to be able to overcome the things that come up in life. And I think it's so important to fill your mind with these different lessons and experiences, maybe that you haven't gone through yourself, but that other people have gone through, and they're able to share those experiences. Even, you know, these conversations, April, because sometimes when you're brand new to this industry, you don't know what to expect. And you're afraid of like next steps to take and just hearing these different experiences that are coming from people who've been through it, like their struggles, you can learn from all that. And I think it's so powerful that you're, you're doing this and and making it a consistent thing. Cause I do see how consistent you are and it's amazing that you're doing that.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Well, I enjoy it. Like, it's so much fun for me. I'm like, I told you, it's, it's so much fun. Like I really... Yeah, I really, really enjoy it. So good. I mean, there's work to it too, obviously. But yeah, I, and I love these conversations. It's I like you said, I'm always learning. I'm always enlightened. I'm like, oh, she said that so good. Or, oh, that was so good. Like there's some bits that just kind of, you know, feed your soul, you know? And you're just like, yes, that's so, those are good reminders. And it's so good to hear it again. So much goodness. I can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing this story, your wisdom. Tell us what's coming up. What, tell us what's, where can we find you tell us what your vision is for the
2: future? This is a loaded question, by the way, is that this is well, <laughs> the, all the things. Um, and even YouTube, I'm starting to create more content for YouTube, all under fusion artistry, fusion with the Z or Leanne Law. And so there are things that I'm working on a lot of online education. We have a few courses already online and we're working on creating more and also just being able to create these mentorship programs so that I can really help my students with not just the technique part, but also the business and the marketing side of it too. And I think it's so important to have these resources for all the people who are either starting out or they've been in the game, but they want to take it to the next level the mentorship that I want to give them is being able to, you know, take them from a new person to getting busy or they're already busy and they want to scale and taking them to that next level. So those are some of the things that I'm super excited about and that I'm, I've been working on. Yay. So it, So it. And then I always like to end with what brings you joy. My family. My family is always number one and my niece and nephew they're like I feel like I treat them like my own kids they are absolute like just the most precious things and and they always bring me joy so just working hard and being able to spend a lot of time with my family it's so good so good it's so true it's it's like those moments are gonna
1: pass and those relationships those are the things that you know as they say like on their deathbed people don't say like oh I wish I could have work longer. People say, I wish I could have had more time with Stanley. I wish I could have had more memories or whatever it is with those relationships.
2: So good. So good. Hey, bro. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for just giving me the opportunity to even have this conversation with you. And, you know, I admire what you're doing and keep killing it because you're absolutely incredible. Well, that's
1: was the part where I am supposed to be thanking you. Well, I was about to say thank you for covering on, sharing your wisdom, just being an open book, and we will continue to follow you. You are a powerhouse, brilliant, and also just such a good person. So big love to you.
0: Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Beauty Marketing Simplified Podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would love to hear from you. Make sure you subscribe, download, and also leave us a review. Let us know any topics that you would like to hear about. And also definitely refer it to a friend. Thank you again for joining us. I'm signing off. This is April with grit and grace, hugs and high fives. See you next week.